Welcome to Chapter 52 of the Kinsman Die podcast, home of fantasy fiction based on Norse mythology that's written and read by me, Matt Bishop. In this podcast, I read my first novel, Kinsman Die, one chapter at a time. And with each episode, when it makes sense, I provide some commentary about the source materials I've referenced in the text. This week, we're back with Hodor Odinson. It's been quite a few chapters since we were with him. He had been trampled by a horse and had his skull cracked open. The only reason he survived is that a couple days prior to being trampled, he'd eaten a year-old Yggdrasil fruit. So in this chapter, we're back with the still-recuperating Hodor. Chapter 52, Hodor Hodor threw another split log on the fire and leaned back against his tree, listening to the snap and crackle of the log between the fire's teeth. His head still ached, and his ribs were sore, but at least he'd been able to get out of bed and breathe fresh air before Sol had fled beyond the mountains. Lara had urged him to come back inside, but he'd refused. A night beneath the stars would do him good. She'd protested, but since the night was mild, she'd finally relented. After having the thralls build him a fire, set wood beside it, fetch him a stool, and now, with a rucksack full of food and a pair of ale jugs to hand, he was well set for the night. Alara had always thought it odd that he enjoyed spending even the coldest nights outside beneath what was now the lone tree in the yard where their few animals grazed. Beyond the fence lay dozens of other longhouses and workshops, weavers and clothiers mostly. The louder and smellier trades, such as the smithies and tanneries, were on Ifington's other side, closer to the docks. What Alara didn't quite understand was that having spent many winters wandering with only Kona for company, he enjoyed knowing that at any time he could kick snow and dirt over the fire and be welcomed inside her home. He wasn't alone anymore. So he sat outside, kept the chill at bay with heavy clothes and a warm fire, a reminder to himself of everything he had gained. Then, too, he was reminded of everything he might lose should he stay with Alara. The animals in their pens squawked and snorted. Kona's whinny joined the chorus, but she didn't sound frightened. Even so, Hodor reached for the long stick that had replaced his broken spear and cocked an ear toward the night. Out beyond the fire's crackle, the silence swelled like an ocean wave until his ears rang. He caught the sound of snow breaking under feet. Four feet. Padded feet landing on the inside of the tall fence that enclosed the yard. Come out, he called, leaning back onto the tree. I hear you well enough. Loud panting sounded in front of him, followed by a happy, muffled woof. Hoder smiled and threw another log on the fire. I thought it might be you. I suppose it is that time of year again, eh, Gary? Gary dropped a bundle next to him. It thumped and rolled into one of his booted feet. Gary woofed again, louder this time, and bumped his shoulder, nearly knocking him off his stool. He laughed and caught himself. Careful now, you'll roll me right into the fire. He ruffled his ears and scratched his side, and yes, I missed you too. Gary licked his face, whined twice, and woofed again. He wiped his face and threw an arm around the big wolf's shoulders. Oh, I doubt that's the case, but it's nice of you to say. Gary sat and leaned into him. And where's your sister at? Hodor asked, cocking his head. Friki usually tried to outdo her brother. Gary slid down to lay beside him. He yipped and growled. 
sent elsewhere. Well, I'm sure you'll be back together soon enough. Hoder felt Gary's low rumble of agreement against his shoulder. You know, he said, I was thinking I might come back this winter. Maybe. Gary woofed, approvingly, and laid his head down on his paws. As night wore on, a light wind sighed across the yard and stirred the bare branches above him. Protesting, they creaked and clacked like old bones. Hoder shrugged himself deeper into his cloak and even deeper into his thoughts. Colder now that his father's wolf had left him, he tossed the last logs onto the fire. Heat blossomed and he edged closer, burrowing still deeper into his cloak. His stomach rumbled and he felt for the bag Gary had brought, just as he, or Frecky, or both of his father's wolves had every winter since he'd left Gladsheim. He withdrew the large, heavy fruit, which distant memory told him was the color of soul's rising light. He held the fruit to his nose and inhaled. Grass after a light rain. The hint of flowers on the wind. And the warbling cry of songbirds. Just a bite. Maybe two, three at the most. Then the rest for Alara. His mouth watered at the thought of the golden skin breaking beneath his teeth and the burst of juices filling his mouth, sending fire through every part of his body. Hoder opened his mouth to bite into the fruit. The wind gusted and blew wood smoke and ash into his face. He coughed and spat, turning aside. He dug into his rucksack for the jug of ale, took a swig, swirled it in his mouth, and spat it out. Had the Norns just made their will plain? Even as the thought rattled in his mind, his father's words came to him. The Norns can scrape and paint all they want, but I was alive long before they were. My doom is mine to set, not theirs. Hoder shoved the fruit into his rucksack and stood. He kicked dirt and snow over the fire, snatched up his stick, and tapped his way toward the house. Toward Alara. Well, folks, that was Chapter 52 of Kinsman Die. I hope you enjoyed it. Hoder enjoyed his first night outside the Wayhouse, where he lives with his girlfriend, Alara. He is visited by Gary, one of Odin's wolves, who had brought a fresh fruit from Yggdrasil's boughs. You'll recall that during the council scene, Odin had dropped an apple into a bag, the apple being the fruit of Yggdrasil. This is where that fruit ended up. Hoder was strongly tempted to eat of the fruit, but smoke blown into his face discouraged him. He appears to be faced with a choice. Next week, we're back with Frigg. Until then, if you have the time and inclination, please rate or review the podcast. That helps boost the show's visibility, as does sharing it. And as always, I'm going to read from both the Bellows and Larrington translations of the Havamal, the sayings of the High One, Odin himself. Bellows, verse 52. No great thing needs a man to give. Oft little will purchase praise. With half a loaf and a half-filled cup, a friend full fast I made. Larrington, verse 52. A man need not give only a big gift. Often you buy praise with a little. With half a loaf and a tilted cup, I've got myself a companion. Thanks for listening.